I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been teaching to you on the coronavirus, why it's here. It is the judgment of God upon the earth. I was watching on the internet last night and this popular doctor who's the spokesman for the coronavirus, the skinny little guy, I can't remember his name, it's a difficult name, but he said he believes the coronavirus may never go away. And I've kind of like, I kind of believe that because it's God's judgment. I've got a title up here for this message. The reason for coronavirus is men like Billy Graham. Billy Graham taught false doctrine. And most people don't have any idea how evil this man's heart was and how many men that he agreed with and put his approval on that did not believe in the virgin birth. They did not believe in repentance. People like Norman Vincent Peale said he did not believe uh, that a man had to repent of sin. And Billy Graham said he didn't know of any any man in America that was more valuable to the cause of Christ than Norman Vincent Peale, a man who did not believe in the virgin birth, he did not believe in repentance, and many other things that Billy was supposed to stand for. I've got a book that you need to get. It's called Smoke Screens, and this was distributed. You can get a copy of it from Jack Chick Publications in Ontario, California. It's got a chapter in here on the fallen idol. I don't believe Billy Graham was ever a believer because he approved of everything and everybody. He was friends with the Pope. He said, now we have a man in the Pope that can be a true spiritual leader. When Billy Graham put his approval on Catholicism, he put his approval on the Mass. The Mass is the focal point of Roman Catholic Church, and that is where they raise the Eucharist up, the priests do, three and four times a day, and they say that this is the body of Christ, and they call this, they call this Mass, this is a, it's a crucifixion every, all day long, how many, how many of our Mass they say, and they call Jesus the victim of the Mass. The I-C-T-I-M, victim of the Mass. And that's what he's called in the Mass, the victim. That means he's crucified all day long. And what he said over in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, as far as they're concerned, is of no consequence. So when you go to Hebrews, the fifth chapter, Hebrews 5, and not 5, Hebrews 10, Hebrews, the tenth chapter, and the Bible speaks, and said, now Billy Graham put his approval on the Catholic Church. He said they were Christians and we are Christians and we all believe in the same Jesus. We don't believe in the same Jesus. I believe he believed in the Jesus of the Roman Catholics. But that was another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel that Paul preached in Second Corinthians 11 and 4. When the Bible says 
verse 10 of chapter 10 of Hebrews. Speaking, well, let me read verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, or the second testament, the New Testament. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's it. There's not a victim every day in the Mass. And Billy Graham approved of that. And then down here in further in this, let me read on down to it. And every priest standeth daily, ministering, offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, talking about the Aaronic priesthood, which oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. And this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, one sacrifice forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, this is verse 14, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. They were perfected forever, and you don't need a victim in the Mass five times a day in some Catholic church in New York. Now let me read to you what the this book says on Billy Graham, on the fallen idol. For 30 years, Billy Graham spoke to multitudes and became greatly beloved. And the reason he was is he was preaching an easy gospel. The newspapers never, never really blasted Billy Graham. Magazines said that he was one of the world's most loved men. Boy, was he ever. From 1948 till his death, he was one of the top three to four men on the popularity poll that they would take every year. And the Bible says, Whosoever be a friend of the world is the enemy of God, and friendship with the world is enmity, E-C-H-T-H-E-R-A, ekthra, that's not no E in the middle of that, E-C-H-T-H-R-A, ekthra means hostile, if you're a friend with the world, and he was friends with everyone, the Dalai Lama, the Pope, all of the pagans, the Muslims, he embraced everyone. You're not supposed to do that. You're separate even from brothers that walk disorderly. He was friends with all the presidents except Harry Truman. Harry Truman said he was a phony, and he was. That was especially after Billy Graham, I've got a picture of him, where he's kneeling down in front of the White House, and he's kneeling like a quarterback on one knee. I don't know if I can get down and get back up. On one knee, and it's like he's praying, like looks like a quarterback, somebody cool kneeling that way. He didn't get out on both knees in front of the White House. He got around on the one knee and looked like a quarterback for uh, the New England Patriots or something. That is not what God called us to be. If you're friends of the world, you're an enemy of God. You say, you've said that before, Jim. If you're a popular star... And you're friends of the world, you're God's enemy. 
if you're a popular president. You got to be popular to be the president. You have to be popular to be a candidate. You have to have a lot of votes. And a world has to love you. And if your world loves you, you're God's enemy. The Bible says, woe unto you, O-U-A-I. That's a cry of damnation. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. They spoke smooth to the false prophets. And you cannot be God's friend loving the world. Now let me read you something else. Somehow I keep getting a tilt sign flashing in my mind. I loved Billy, prayed for him and supported him, but I sensed something was wrong. Now I got a picture of Billy right here. Right here. Oakland Bishop Floyd begins chats with Billy Graham. They discuss Jesuits book lauding Graham's Lauding Graham's ministry. Jesuits. The Jesuits were the hit men of the... They had, for about a 600-year period, the Roman Catholic Church in the Inquisition killed several... killed up to 60 million Christians in Europe. And this is why they outlawed Christmas or Christ Mass when the Puritans came to America. They outlawed the Mass of Christ because they were killed about 600 million, not 600, 60 million, excuse me, approximately 60 million believers were killed by the Roman Catholic Church and in this Inquisition they had several forms of it. They had the Spanish Inquisition. They had the Portuguese Inquisition. They had the Roman Catholic Inquisition. This is where they would have a prosecuting general and he would send emissaries to a village and tell people if you don't protect the sacrament of the Mass we will have you butchered. We will have you tortured. And the believers will say, we're not going to do this. You can do what you will to us. You can get all of this. And Fox won't get every bit of it, but a lot of it in Fox's book of martyrs. Now, I've had people tell me I can't hardly read that book. M-A-R-T-Y-R-S. Some people say, I just can't read that book because it's so bloody. Yes, it was. They would take Christians and pull their fingernails out and peel the skin off their body and do all kind of torturous things to them. They would crucify them, put them on a burning cross and say, you have to give up. You have to give up your heresy. That's why... The reformers split from the Catholic Church, that and many other reasons. Now, Robert Schuller had a meeting with the Pope, and he asked the Pope, when can we come home? He's talking about Protestants coming back to the Catholic Church so we can partake of the Mass. The Mass. We don't want to partake of the Mass. We're partaking of Christ daily spiritually. This is outrageous. Now, there is a letter here 
from Belmont Abbey College. This is a Roman Catholic college. It's not Belmont here, this Baptist college here in Nashville. It's Belmont Abbey College. It's a Roman Catholic college in North Carolina. Let me read to you what they said about Billy Graham. This was written by Colbert Allen, executive vice president, vice president of that college, Roman Catholic College. Billy Graham gave an inspiring and a theological sound address that may have been given by Bishop Fulton Sheen or any other Catholic preacher. They said he was acceptable when he came to speak at our college. I have followed Billy Graham's career. Now, this is executive president of a Roman Catholic college, and they believe you have to eat the mass, which they call the literal body and blood of Christ, in order to go to heaven. I have followed Billy Graham's career, and I must emphasize that he has been more Catholic than otherwise. This was the president of one of the Catholic colleges. Most people don't know this about Billy Graham. He stood up and preached, uh, praise God, uh, just come and accept Christ as your personal Savior. That's the same thing as the Mass, walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist. That's where it came from. And I say that this is not in partisan manner, but as a matter of fact that he was more Catholic than otherwise. Then he goes on to say, Knowing the tremendous influence of Billy Graham among Protestants, and now the realization and acknowledgement among Catholics of his devout and sincere appeal to the teachings of Christ, which he alone preaches, I would state that he would bring Catholics and Protestants together in a healthy ecumenic spirit. Ecumenicalism, where you blend all different doctrines together. Well, I think they've done that in the charismatic movement. The charismatics. You can be a charismatic and be a Roman Catholic. You can be a Baptist. You can be a Assembly of God. You can be a Pentecostal. You can be a Church of Christ. You can be anything you want to be and be a charismatic. The charismatics are the positive confession people. They say, but you cannot discuss doctrine if you're charismatic. They're all supposed to believe something different. T.D. Jakes, Fred Price, Jesse Duplantis, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland. There is a, on the internet, there is a Kenneth Copeland rap. You can just Google Kenneth Copeland rap, and he's doing this. It's not something he did. Somebody that knew all about computers pulled parts of him off all these messages, and it is hilarious to watch it, and especially the comments that were made on it. It was crazy. It's he is he's a maniac. He's a liar and a thief, and he steals from the poor. I was first. I was the first Catholic to invite Billy Graham. This is Colbert Allen, the executive vice president of this college. I was the first to invite Billy Graham. I know he will I know he will speak at three other Catholic universities next month. I believe he will be invited by more Catholic colleges in the future than Protestant colleges. So I am pleased then to answer your question. 
Billy Graham is preaching a moral and evangelical theology most acceptable to Catholics. With cordial regards, I remain yours sincerely, Colbert Cuthbert, Cuthbert Allen, Executive Vice President of Belmont Abbey College. Then on the next page, it's got Billy Graham at the Roman Catholic Belmont College receiving the yoke from Rome. Graham was granted an honorary doctor's degree from this Roman Catholic college. Graham told his audience that the gospel that founded this college is the same gospel which I preach today. You mean you preach the sacrament of the Mass, Billy Graham? Now let me read you something from this page. People don't know who he was. They don't know that he preached accept Christ and that comes out of people walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist. It traces directly back to that. Billy Graham is quoted as being a friend of the Jesuits. The Jesuits are the enforcers of the Inquisition. They're the people, the men who organized it are the Dominicans. They have different orders in the Catholic Church. Dominic, M-I-N-I-C-A-N-S. They have different orders. They had the San, they had the Franciscan order. I started to put San Francisco. The Franciscan. They had the Franciscan order, the Dominican order, and these Jesuits. In order to be a Jesuit, you had to take an oath that you would use any kind of deception, even to the point of murder, to further the Roman Catholic cause. I even had a copy of that thing they had to sign, that document they had to sign, before they could go into the Jesuits. Billy Graham claimed to be a friend of the Jesuits. Billy Graham is quoted as being a friend of the Jesuits in the United States. Here's another one of Dr. Graham received an honorary doctor degree of Doctor of Humane Letters from the Roman Catholic College, Belmont Abbey, in 1967. Billy noted the significance of the occasion by saying that this is a time when Catholics and Protestants could meet together. How? And greet each other as brothers. Whereas 10 years ago they could not. In April 1972, Billy Graham received the International Franciscan Award in Minneapolis, given by the Franciscan Friars for true ecumenism. Ecumenical means that is something that all the evangelicals and the conservatives, they bucked against, especially in the 1950s, the early 50s when I was a kid. They'd say, Anyone who tries to pull together Baptists and Church of Christ and Catholics, that they're into heresy. Billy noted the significance of the occasion by saying that this is a time when Catholics and Protestants could meet together and greet each other as brothers, whereas 10 years ago they could not. In April 1972, Billy Graham received the International Franciscan Award in Minneapolis, given by Franciscan friars. This is St. Francis, 
the the guy was a nut. Francis of Assisi, even the Catholic Church thought he was crazy. He went off and took a vow that he would not eat meat ever again and that he would just eat a bare amount of vegetables. And one day he ate some meat, so he took a whip, went into town, knocked on doors, and told people, you need to beat me with this whip because I have broken my vow. And he thought that if he would suffer, that's what Roman Catholics believe. You have to suffer in order to expel expiate or get rid of your sin uh, the sin that has come upon you and make restitution for it that's what he thought now let me read some more of this he believed he was saved by works by helping the poor this way he believed he was saving his soul St. Francis was canonized which means he was made a saint by Roman Catholic institution because of his strong position on doctrine of works. Beloved, we know that this is unscriptural. Did you know that St. Francis of Assisi blessed and baptized animals and gave them Christian names? Boy, what's something else. Now, what did Billy Graham say about this strange fellow? Here was Billy Graham's words. While I am not worthy to touch the shoelaces of St. Francis, yet this same Christ that called Francis in the 13th century was, has also called me to be one of his servants in the 20th century. Francis of Assisi, the Roman Catholic, said he walked around about a foot and a half above the ground. He was so holy that his feet didn't touch the ground. you believe that? If you do, I've got some swampland in Louisiana I want to talk to you about. Billy Graham appeared on the Phil Donahue show of October 11th, 1979. In discussing Pope John Paul II's visit to the United States of America, Billy Graham said, I think the American people are looking for a leader, a moral and spiritual leader that believes something. And he, meaning the Pope, does. He was endorsing the Pope. Now, he didn't mention words on the single subject. As a matter of fact, his subject in Boston was really an evangelistic address in which he asked the people to come to Christ, to give their lives to Christ. And he said, I thank God I've got somebody to quote now with some real authority. He's going to quote the Pope. Who believes you have to eat the body of Jesus to go to heaven? That was the focal point of Catholicism. I can't believe he didn't know that. A man who wants to use the Bible as his authority is now putting the Pope up on a pedestal looking to him. Then he says, A few years ago, five pastors from Mexico came to see me asking for help. They told me I must talk to Billy Graham. I told them that was impossible. I was just a little track publisher then that told me Billy Graham, they told me that Billy Graham had destroyed their churches. They said he held a crusade 
and told all those who had received Christ to go back to their original Roman Catholic churches and to win those people to Christ. The pastors told me their people followed Billy Graham's instructions and all went back to Roman Catholic system. Twelve years of work destroyed in one night. Let me read a little more. I really want to tell off on this man. He wasn't a Christian at all. Dr. Rivera, the ex-Jesuit priest, told me he knew Billy was being used by the Vatican. In the night, in 1950, when the word came to all the Jesuits in Central and South America telling them to fill the stadiums with Roman Catholics whenever Billy Graham spoke. Millions were spent to promote Billy Graham as the world's greatest evangelist. Whenever he had a meeting, he would have altar workers and they would take names and the churches they were members of and he would separate them all he wouldn't do it, but his work was separate them all. After the meeting, give all the Catholics to local diocese so they could visit them. Give all the Church of Christ to the local diocese so they could visit them. Give all the Baptists, all the Southern Baptists, all of the Presbyterians, so everybody could go back to their own churches and be immersed into their era. Now here's another picture of Graham with the Pope. The religious news service reported on January 13, 1981, Pope John Paul II was closeted for almost two hours with the Reverend Billy Graham, the world's best-known Protestant evangelist. And there's Graham, and there's the Pope. He was Roman Catholic at heart. And you Baptists, that they were charmed by him. He charmed the world, and I was, I've always been very inquisitive and very investigative in everything. And then it says, Following the New England Crusade, thousands of those who came forward are now in the process of being integrated into the Catholic Church. Meetings have taken place between Graham Association and the Catholic clergy for the transfer of these people to the Roman Church. One such meeting took place at John Paul XXIII Seminary in Western Massachusetts on the evening of June 9, 1982, when the names of 2,100 inquirers were given to priests and nuns. That's the inquirers of those that walked down the aisle. Got one more page to read on, read on him out of this. This is all documented information. You just don't know who Billy Graham was. Rome gives nothing to anybody unless you pay it off. Could it be that his final payoff was to introduce Pope John Paul II as the greatest moral leader of the world? which he did, doesn't he realize when he did this, he was giving the whore of Babylon a cloak of respectability? And all of Billy's followers, the evangelicals, the multitudes of others across the land who listened to his every word, heard this endorsement, and trusting Billy turned and made gave their love to the communists from Poland and dressed in his papal robes. He claims to be the representative of Christ on this earth. The Pope does. The Vicar of Christ. 
I can picture the Pope smiling to himself, flying back victoriously, victoriously to Rome. He knew that Billy had been a good investment. It's a deadly game, beloved. And now that his work is over, he's no longer needed. I believe the Vatican set Billy up when he went to Russia. Believers in Christ go to our Lord for guidance and to the scriptures and pray that God, the Holy Spirit, will lead us in all truth. But Billy admitted that he sought advice from the Vatican officials about his trip to Russia. He didn't sing he didn't seek preachers who were conservative and believed the truth. He sought advice from the Vatican. They told him to go quietly and not to criticize the communist practices. And when he followed their instructions, the suffering brothers and sisters rotting in Russia's prisons got who got five to ten years for passing out a single gospel tract were crushed when Billy announced to the world that there was religious freedom in Russia. Yes, beloved Billy Graham, as much as I loved him, I don't love him. And hate to say it, I believe he was cleverly used as a smokescreen and as for the Pied Piper for the whore of Revelation. I've got another book here on Billy Graham and his friends. I've read some to you out of it, but I'm not going to read any more today. I'll come back and read. This is really utterly unbelievable. The people that he put his approval on. He put his approval on John Templeton, who had the Templeton Award that Billy Graham received in 1982. And Templeton did not believe in the virgin birth. He did not believe in repentance. He did not believe in being born again. He was a heathen and called himself a Christian. Billy was associated with the National Council of Churches. They did not believe in the virgin birth of Christ. You can get this also from Jack Chick Publishers and the Smoke Screens. Now, I'm going to get on with the message. I just wanted to give you more about Billy Graham. Let me tell you one more time. When the Bible, when Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, the Roman Catholics got a hold of that. And they said, hoc, they said over it, hoc est corpus eum. And when they said these words over the Eucharist, they said it turned into the literal body and blood of Christ. It was a bloodless sacrifice, body and blood. That comes out of heathenism. That's what they said over in Jeremiah 44, 44, when they worshiped the Queen of Heaven, who is the Mary of Roman Catholicism, and Israel was worshiping the Queen of Heaven, and she was the one that was said to be turning the wheel of the year, the wheel of the year was the swastika. And Hitler brought that back from the Tibetan Buddhist sun and tree worshippers in Tibet. And the Tibetan the Tibetan head of the Tibetan Buddhist is the Dalai Lama, a dear friend of Billy Graham. He says that in Billy Graham and his friends. 
and the and this swastika is the Big Dipper in four phases. I put that on there because there's seven stars in the Big Dipper. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven stars. And then this was the wheel of the year. And I'll say it one more time. It's the Big Dipper. And in the ancient world, they worshipped this wheel of the year. And they said the Queen of Heaven was supposed to be turning that wheel. And every three months, January the 3rd, March, uh, let me put it over here, January the 3rd, and then March the 3rd. Well, let me, we got to get it backwards here. If this is the spring over here, spring, and then this is the summer, June 3rd, June 3rd in the summer. This is what the ancients did in the summer. Then in September the 3rd, and you're going into winter here, and it's going to be cold till you get around here. September the 3rd, and then December the 3rd, and they didn't have ways to store their food like we do today. They couldn't go down to a supermarket. And what they were hoping is this this swastika, suvasti, and it means it has the basic same meaning as amen. And so, and let it be, or suvasti means it is good. And Hitler brought that back. He was looking for a superior race, and he had heard that the Tibetan people had long arms and long legs and thought that would make them superior. And he brought this swastika back with him. He turned it around. Going back to the left is the natural movement of the sun. And they would check this every three months on the third of the month. And when they got down here to September, they knew where they were getting into the cold. And they, this was called a, it was called a calendar clock. Calendar clock. And it was a part of Roman Catholicism. Anytime you see this Maltese cross, it's a form of the swastika. And this is on all the vestments of the Pope. Like so. And that's that's a Maltese cross. And you had many different forms of it. What Hitler did, he turned this around backwards, and this was a sign of rebellion. He turned it going the opposite way. This going to the left was called the Sinistro Gyrate, S-I-N-I-S, T-R-O-G-Y-R-A-T-E. Sinistro Gyrate, Sinus is the word left in the Latin, and it means it goes to the left. Hitler put this... This is called a dextrogyrate, D-X-T-R-O-G-Y-R-A-T-E. You had many different, many different forms of the, of the swastika. You had one 
that was called Thor's hammer. And Billy Graham has put all his approval on this. Thor's hammer was like so. It was on the end of Thor's... He had a club. Even the producers in Hollywood know this. I was at home one day on a Saturday when I was selling real estate, and they had this... It was like a Saturday, real cheap movie about Thor coming into New York or something. And he turned his hammer up to the camera, and this is what it showed. It was like... Like so. It was a swastika that had been reduced in size, and that's called Thor's hammer. So the swastika is actually the Big Dipper in four phases, and they said they had to get this all the way back around, and that's Catholicism. And you find this Maltese cross on the vestments of the Pope. And that's why God destroyed Israel because they went after all of this sun and tree worship which was the same thing and he condemns Israel for going after the queen of heaven in Jeremiah 44 and said if you worship the queen of heaven what took me to that was where they offered cakes to the queen of heaven cakes is the word kavon that's in Jeremiah 44 well, let me show you that. It, it don't matter whether people like it or not. Billy Graham took the side of the whole system that brought the wrath of God upon Israel and destroyed them. It's just... But people don't research these things and don't even... I don't believe Billy Graham ever researched anything. I've heard him preach. It's like listening to a boring man that knows nothing about the Bible except shouting, uh, comment forward and, and accept Christ and pray this prayer and, and we'll send you back to the inquiry room. That's not the method of salvation. And it says here, Jeremiah 44, in verse 17, they said, we're not going to do what Jeremiah says. We will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour drink offerings unto her. Queen of heaven is the one that supposedly turned the wheel of the year. You have to get that from extra biblical sources. You're not going to learn that from the Bible. You'll learn the queen of heaven, but everybody knows anything about Roman Catholicism knows that the queen of heaven is the mayor of the Roman Catholic Church, which is not the mayor of the Bible. She, they say that she was immaculately conceived. The immaculate conception is about the conceiving of Mary, not Jesus. They said that she was immaculately conceived and she didn't have any sin in her life. And she said, my soul doth rejoice in God my Savior. She said, I need a Savior because I'm a sinner. Then says up here in verse 19, when we burned incense unto the queen of heaven, poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her? Cakes is the word kavan. It means sacrificial wafers. That's where the 
That's where the Eucharist come from. It was a bloodless wafer, bloodless altar. Bloodless altar. And they say that that wafer in the Catholic Church is bloodless. They say within the Eucharist is the real presence of the body and the blood of Christ. One more time. When Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, he tells you what it means. He says, my flesh is meat indeed. My flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. Is drink indeed. Drink indeed. All you have to do to find out what they meant. They did not mean the Eucharist. Jesus, you just find the word indeed, indeed equals aletheis, A-L-E-T-H-E-S. And that is a word that means of truth. When you tell the truth, you will eat fresh and drink blood. That was an old ancient idiom that meant to, meant to partake in a slaughter. And you will partake in a slaughter when you tell people Christmas is paganism. And it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. Whether Billy Graham believed it or not. Whether John MacArthur believes it or not. John still does it. He knows it's pagan. He had said so on the radio. I've heard him say that. He said, I'm familiar with the Saturnalian, the Feast of Saturn. The, the birthday of Mithra was December the 25th, how they brought it in the church. And, and I'm familiar with all that. And then he says, but we're going to use these pagan holidays to glorify God. I don't know how you can do that, John. Now, all of this, I simply said the reason for coronavirus is, is men are preachers like Billy Graham. And what's going on today in the Baptist churches, the accept... You say, Jim, you keep saying that. That's exactly what it was about. The accept Christ gospel. Accept Christ was when they walked down the aisle and accepted the Eucharist, it came out of the Church of England when the Methodists came out of the Church of England and the Church of England was organized when Henry VIII was not allowed to divorce Catherine and he wanted these young girls. He wanted Anne Boleyn and she couldn't give him a child so he had her head cut off and he went to Jane Seymour, has the same name as this little actress out in Hollywood and... Uh, <clears throat> married her and she couldn't give him a heir to the throne so he had her head cut off and it was all about the church of england and they kept the they kept the mass in the church of england when he seceded from the catholic church and the main thing they did they kept in the catholic church as he had his form of he had his form of the pope he called him the archbishop of canterbury and they would march down the aisle and accept the Eucharist. They used to kneel down, stick their tongue out, and accept the Eucharist on their tongue. 
Well, the Methodists came out of the Church of England. They came to America, brought it to America, and put their spin on Accept Christ. And they built a place down front with an anxious bench down there and with an anxious seat. And they would come down and mourn and groan all night long trying to accept Christ. It finally got over to the Baptist Church. That's where it come from, you people. That's why the Bible, that's why the Baptists have got people walking in the aisle to accept Christ. Let me say it one more time. 1 Corinthians 2.14 This tells you that the that accept Christ is not true. Well, let me go over and read that to you. 1 Corinthians 2.14 These people God says, if you go after other doctrines and you're not obedient to me, I'm going to send four judgments, the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. The pestilence is all kinds of disease, including coronavirus, including polio, including Ebola, including uh, AIDS. Everything that's a disease is it came upon earth because of God. That's why it's here, because of Billy Graham going after Catholicism. Catholicism is the same thing that Israel went after in, from First Samuel through Second Chronicles. They actually didn't go into First and Second Samuel. They weren't going after Bell and the Grove, but in First and Second Kings and Chronicles, First and Second Kings. And first and second chronicles, Israel was going after Baal, the sun god, and the grove, the moon goddess, and the and the queen of heaven. First and second chronicles, and all through this, God says, when you go after these other gods, according to Leviticus, the twenty-sixth chapter. Now I've given you Deuteronomy, the twenty-eighth chapter. I need to go back to Leviticus, the twenty-sixth chapter, because these two chapters are sister chapters, telling you that I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence, if you're not obedient to my word. But how can you be obedient when the preachers in America are lying? When the most respected preacher that has lived in the last two thousand years, Billy Graham, has lied to the entire American public. How? How do you say, how could everybody be fooled that much? It's not harm. You just repeat something over and over and over and over and be real nice about it and just tell people, accept Christ as your personal Savior. Pray the sinner's prayer and just say that until America becomes acclimated to it. And that's what happened. And Billy Graham got that message from from Billy Sunday and D.L. Moody and Charles Finney. And these were all free will preachers. And they all, and he got it from them and he preached to America till America started believing this is one man's opinion. It's not something they voted on and accepted. In fact, this, the Southern Baptist Convention, they got together and voted on the sinner's prayer. And I've got some papers on that. 
Let me see if I can find that for you. They voted on the sinner's prayer if it was true or not. How can you vote on the sinner's prayer when the Bible says, oh, it does say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it turns right around and says after that, how shall they call on him and whom they've not believed? Belief precedes, it precedes the sinner's prayer. Sinner's prayer is not the method of salvation. It is absolutely not. Let me see. I had a paper on where they voted on it. Here it is. Southern Baptist debate the sinner's prayer. It's not very long. I'll read it to you. The Bible says you can't call on a God you don't believe in. Sinner's prayer is not the initial part of man's salvation. It's belief, but God has to put that in a man's heart. Believe, which is the verb form of faith, shows that it has to be predestination, a predestined for God to put it in your life, in your heart. The vote was taken. Southern Baptists debate the sinner's prayer. The vote wasn't taken with every head bowed and every eye closed. (laughs) That's what Billy Graham would say, every head bowed and every eye closed. My father said the same thing. But Billy Graham didn't start that. That would have been going on for hundreds of years. But delegates to the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting today supported the sinner's prayer after considerable debate. How can you debate it? Prayer of repentance to invite Jesus into your heart that has become a hallmark of evangelical conversionism. The committee wanted to affirm our commitment to evangelism to calling people to make a decision for Christ. You can't make a decision for Christ. You're dead in sin. He has to come up. This proves predestination as much as anything. You're dead. You can't make any decision. You can't accept Christ. You can't do anything. We affirm that the repentance and faith involved a crying out for mercy. No, it doesn't. That's what they found out in the Southern Baptist Convention. God has to put it in your heart. You hear the word. He cuts into your heart, causes you to believe. How that happens, that's the miracle of God. We affirm that repentance and faith involved a crying out for mercy and calling on the Lord in Romans ten thirteen, but verse 14 says you can't call on a God you don't believe in. It's, it's crazy. Often identified as the sinner's prayer. Sinner's prayer is not an incantation that results in salvation. That's what you believe. Merely by its recitation and should never be manipulatively employed or utilized apart from clear articulation of the gospel. You evidently don't know what the gospel is. That's something that God uses to cut into your heart. When you're dead. You're dead, dead, dead. The resolution was originally presented by Eric Hankins, pastor of First Baptist Church in Oxford, Mississippi. I wonder if he's a redneck. Though the third one, you can say, boy, you're prejudiced. No, I don't like rednecks. That's ignorant people. Through the version approved by the committee, omitted language designed to refute 
The domination's increasing Calvinistic membership or predestination membership. They were trying to get rid of that with the sinner's prayer. An effort to put much language back in in, was defeated in a floor vote as was an effort to remove references to the phrase sinner's prayer. Indeed, Hankins says his resolution was sparked by a talk from one of the SBC's Calvinist stars, David Platt. And they just said, we approve of it. You guys are, you guys are either ignorant, you sound stupid. Stupid is the word ba'ar in the Hebrew. It means to have the understanding of a brute beast. It's the word brutish. It means the understanding of a brute beast, and you cannot understand. It means stupid. It means you can't learn. But that means you're an unbeliever. Now, I got so much on this man. There's so many books written on him. And what's amazing, the Bittigram Evangelistic Association doesn't even come out with any denial. God help us. Now look over here. 1 Corinthians 2. Let me read more of it than I have, okay? 1 Corinthians 2. We're not going to read the one we'll go before verse 14. Read earlier. Back here in 1 Corinthians 2, the Bible says, in verse 7, We speak the word of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Ordained before is one word in the Greek. Ordained before is the word pro-horizo, the exact same word as predestinate. Predestinate, exact same word. I don't know why they didn't just translate it that way. Half the translators were Roman Catholic. Jim, you don't believe in Roman Catholicism. I believe Roman Catholics got a right to believe in it and then go to hell with it. Because if they do go to hell, they were vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. So he says, Ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. Now, Bill Clinton quoted this part of this verse when he was inaugurated as the President of the United States. Except he quoted it this way. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man what we can do. What an imbecile when it comes to the Bible. What we can do, it doesn't say that. It says, I hadn't seen, nor heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed apocalypto, A-P-O-K-A-L-U-P-T-O. 
God has removed oppo the cover to those that he has given ears to hear that's us hath revealed him unto us the believers Corinthian church by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of God I love that word deep it's the word bathos b a t h o s bathos means something with great knowledge bathos when you place the alpha privative in front of it it negates the word it means no knowledge in fact that is the word that is the word A-B-U-S-S-O-S and that's the word in Revelation the ninth chapter bottomless pit that's a terrible translation bottomless pit because people think that's some big hole in the ground that doesn't have a bottom it means a place of no knowledge and that's because the only people who had the knowledge of God in the Mediterranean Sea area was Israel the place of no knowledge was all the Gentiles in the world until Acts 2 we poured out of his spirit on all flesh the red, yellow, white, black and brown flesh now let's keep reading for what man knoweth the things of God he's talking about he's revealed them to us what man knoweth the things of God save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God so he has to put the spirit in us for us to know him he has to reveal him to us the hearing ear and the seeing eye the Lord hath made even both of them so he's got to make us a hearing ear so when we hear it from some preacher or from some Bible we'll say oh I believe that now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God the Holy Spirit is truth let me say it again that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but when the Holy Ghost which is the same word as Holy Spirit teaches comparing the spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man he's got through saying he revealed it to us his believers he did the revealing we don't but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You have to become a spiritual being, but that is not your will to do that. He has to reveal that to you. That's what this whole section is saying. Natural is the word sukikos. Now let me give this to you in context. People's always saying, you're taking that out of context. I'm not taking this out of context. God has to reveal this to his elect family. 
on what's wrong with this nation is the preachers that's why we got coronavirus and all the other diseases he said if you're obedient to me your your children will be healthy they'll be born healthy you have plenty of food you won't have diseases you i'll bless your body and your house and your store and everything you do and you go against your enemy one way and they'll be seven ways Natural is the word sukikos. He says this is the man. He just got through saying he reveals it to his people, his church. And he said spiritual things are received by spiritual man. So this is in opposition to the spiritual man in verse 13. He says the Holy Ghost teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the only people that can be revealed to there in verse 10 is his believers. The natural man, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. So this is an opposition to the spiritual man, which God makes spiritual by revealing it, apocalypto, take it off the cover. So he has to take the cover off, remove the corrupto, the cover. Comes from the word revelation, apocalypsis. The natural man receives not spiritual things because it's a spiritual man that receives them. You have to be born spiritually before you can receive spiritual things. Natural sukikos means the sensual man. When you see sensual, you think of senses. You think of senses. Sensual comes from the word sense. The five senses are taste, touch, hear, see, smell. This is your ears, ears, eyes. smell, nose and this is your feeling here feelings don't mean anything and your taste your taste is what you eat or your taste is in your mouth so this is all the openings in the head and this is talking about the physical man does not receive decomai decomai comes from the word deck this is the word receive deck is the word ten in the Greek a decade is ten years ten years and decalogue comes from deck and logos logos is the Greek word word logos is the word word deck is the word ten the ten words of God are the ten commandments 
Ten Commandments. So the sensual man does the physical man, the fleshly man cannot accept Christ as your personal Savior. You cannot reach out the ten fingers and accept anything spiritual. You have to be born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, how much time do I have, Mike? 29. Maybe I can get further into this. There's so much to say on this, and I really want to expose Billy Graham to the world as much as I can. I've done so much study on that man. Everybody liked him. I keep saying he was just like Sarah Lee. There's an old commercial on TV. TV. Nobody does it like Sarah Lee. It was a little singing tune. And I say, nobody does it like Billy Graham, except people have studied the Bible, and they know he's lying to the American public. And they know the Bible says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you, because the world speaks well of Billy Graham. He has been the biggest false teacher going on in the world in the last 2,000 years. To be a false teacher, you have to be a hypocrite. H-Y-H-U-P-O-K-R-I-T-E. It means an inferior judge. Cretase is a judge. Is a judge. And an inferior judge is is a, a hypocrite was the name of an actor in the first century, a man that got on the stage and he wore a mask. Billy Graham wore a mask. He had a he had a real handsome face and a big square jaw and a very pronouncing voice. And he practiced on that voice to get it down to very impressive. And he really watched what he said so he didn't offend anybody. He said he never taught doctrine. He said in one of these articles, I never preached on hell because that was a very unpopular subject. He didn't preach hard words of the Bible. He didn't preach a daily cross and self-denial and death to self. And the Bible says you have to have that to be a follower of Christ. He never preached that. It was very, it was platitudes is what it was, just bragging on the people. Here's how you could have a closer walk with the Lord. And he never really said the truth. He never talked about persecution all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Persecution is not being behind on your house note. That's not tribulation. When Paul was stoned and left for dead outside of Lystra, he got back up on his feet, was wrapped up in all kinds of splints and bandages, and said, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. When he said that, he said that after these men of Lystra tried to kill him. Persecution, Dioko. Means to flee from people who are trying to hurt you. He was running for his life every day he lived. Paul was. The Bible doesn't talk about 
being saved is easy. The Bible says being saved is hard. Oh, belief is easy once God puts it into your heart, but the journey is extremely difficult. The Bible says over there, well, let's read it over here. First Peter. Look at First Peter 4. First Peter 4. I'll get over here in a minute. Over in First Peter 4, you won't hear this in Billy Graham's Crusades or in a Baptist church. Verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. The word try is the word. The, the, there's a fiery trial. The word try is the word parasmos, P-E-I-R-A-S-M-O-S. It means to go through trials. It, don't think it's strange. Konezo, X-E-N-I-Z-O. Konezo is a form of kazinos, X-E-N-O-S. And kazinos means a, an occasional guest. The fire trial is not an occasional guest. Billy Graham would never read this. He wouldn't know what to say about it. It's a daily requirement for every man. But rejoice in as much as you're a partaker of Christ's sufferings. You ever heard Billy Graham say that? Or any most Baptist preachers? When his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, reproach, O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. If you're infamous... If people hate you for saying Christmas is pagan, Easter's pagan, and God doesn't love everybody, and Easter and Christmas are the same thing as Mardi Gras in a different culture in the ancient world. If you be reproached for Christ, happy are ye, Makurios, M-A-K-U-R-I-O-S, fortunate. You cannot be a... That word, onizo, means infamous. You cannot be a famous star and be a Christian. They say they are, but you can't be. You can't be famous, the opposite of infamous, reproach. You have to take a stand for the truth. I know some stars around this town. Some of them are minor stars, but I'll see one of them. And he'll ignore that I'm there. He don't want to look up at me. Like, I can't see you, Jim Brown. You saw me plainly. What, are you afraid of me? You afraid I'm going to say some truth to you that you don't believe because you've been going to Pentecostalism? If you reproach for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. And on their past he is evil upon their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part Christ is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief. Don't suffer for sin or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. 
Yet if any man suffer as Christ, as a Christian, you're supposed to suffer as a Christian. What for? For telling the truth. Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf that you're suffering as a Christian. For telling people Christmas is pagan, Easter is pagan, God does not love everybody, predestination is true. For the time has come when judgment must begin at the house of God. Let me add something here. Whose house are we? Over in Hebrews 3 and 6. And if it first begin at us, we're the house. What shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Billy Graham claimed to preach the gospel. But the gospel is straight as the gate and narrow as the way. That's the gospel according to Mark, the first chapter, the first three verses. Narrow is the word talibo, T-H-L-I-B-O. means to crowd through a narrow opening. The verb form is thalipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. That's the word tribulation that Paul used when he said we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. People are going to want to kill you for your truth that you're saying. They're not going to like it. And then he says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, scarcely the word molus. That's the word scarcely. Scarcely comes from the word mogus. It means with great difficulty. It's not difficult on God to put truth in your heart and cause you to believe, but then he starts putting you through all kinds of trials and fire and persecution to cause you to give up this outer man, which is the flesh, and serve the law of the inner man, which is Christ in you. You find that in Romans 7. I love that. I bring it up so much. So he's going to put you through tribulation and fire and cause this newborn believer to be willing to say truth and live in truth. When you say the truth and you live in it, people are going to hate you. That's Billy Graham wasn't hated. He was loved by everybody. You can quote those verses. Uh, just do it this way. Look at this. We're supposed to suffer according to the will of God. That last verse of First Peter... Of, First Peter, the fourth chapter. And when you go over here to Luke 4, here's the way people look at this. I'm not looking for Luke 6. Luke 6, and where the Bible says, verse 24, what do you, uh, excuse me, verse 26, what do you when all men speak well of you? For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Woe, cry of damnation. O-U-A-I, O-U-A-I. U-I. That's the word woe. When all men talk good about you like they did Billy Graham. And people will say, yeah, but that's everybody except Billy Graham. That, that includes him. That includes everybody that's popular in the world. 
You know why? Because they're not taking a stand for the real Jesus. They're serving a nice, easy, slushy Jesus. That's what Billy Graham served. Warn you when all men speak well of you. Warn you that are full. This is what these charismatics preach. They preach this mushy, gushy, slushy other Jesus. The Bible says there's another Jesus. And look over at James one more time. And let's read this. I like for you to read it because when you read it out of your Bible... It means more, and you can see it better. I'm going to come back to more on Billy Graham, and I'm going to go into into Billy Graham and his friends, written by Dr. Cox. Just done an unbelievable amount of research. Billy was friends with everybody in the world. He said he had no enemies. He said, I don't take a stand on any doctrine. He said that. Doctrine is the word didache, means instruction. And if anyone preaches any other doctrine, we don't bid him God's speed. He bids God's speed to everybody. God's speed, caro, C-H-A-I-R-O. Caro comes from charis, which is the word grace. C-H-A-R-I-S. That's the word grace. It means unmerited favor. And I love this right here. C-H-A-R-I-Z-O-M-A-I, which is a form of grace. Charizomai. And that's the word in Philippians one twenty nine, where Paul says that we are to, it's given you, it's given to the church in the behalf of Christ not only to believe upon him but also to suffer for his sake that word suffer is not the common word suffer or given given is not the common word it's the word charizomai means to grant as a favor God has granted you the favor He's granted you the favor to suffer for his sake. It's a favor given to you from God. Billy Graham is not going to read that and tell the people that. And anybody that reads, well, I'm suffering. I can't pay my car off. That ain't got nothing to do with suffering for Christ's sake. Suffering for Jesus' sake doesn't have anything to do with I lost my car. Well, too bad. Maybe you took on too big of a payment. We are living in in corruption. Where was I going to? Huh? All right. Let me get on with the lesson. I got so many more things to say. Now, the charismatics. They they are. Do you know that they accepted Billy Graham and Billy Graham accepted them? And that's the positive confession people. And they say, charismatics say, that you are a God. They have said that. I've heard Kenneth Copeland say on TBN, and Paul Crouch would agree with him, that if 
dogs have little dogs and that if cows have little cows that God has little gods and they say you can change everything you can do everything that God did in the first chapter you can create any of your own creation with positive vibrations from your mouth because you are a little God those people are literally out of their mind how many gods are there what does the Bible say just by the way let me give you the word God in the Hebrew and God in the Greek Theos that's the word God in the Greek Theos Theos in the Greek in the Hebrew it's the word Elohim How I am is always plural. There's three in the Godhead. Theos means a judge or magistrate. Now Jesus said it means the same thing in the Hebrew. Judge, magistrate has the same meaning. Now Jesus told the Pharisees, Have not I said that ye are God's little G-O-D-S? You have become false judges and false magistrate. The word hypocrite, H-U-P-O-K-R-I-T-E, is a construction of hupo and kretes. means an inferior judge. Cretes, Hupo, and Cretes. Cretes is the pronouncement of judgment, and they called the man that was pronouncing it the Creno, the judge. These come from the same word. So he said, I, you are hypocrites. When he told them they were hypocrites, he said, I called you judges, and you were a false judge. You were actors under an assumed character. You were acting and pretending to be judges. How many gods are there? Let's look at a couple of verses. So these people say, all you have to do is say something with your mouth, and you can have your own creation. Kenneth Copeland in that in that uh, thing he's got on the internet I just challenge everybody to look up just google on the internet Kenneth Copeland rap R-A-P it's something a man put together all these things from Copeland he's saying Copeland he's saying coronavirus get out of here he's blowing on it what he's doing is cursing the judgment of God. And the Bible says in Revelation, the 16th chapter, the time is going to come where they're going to curse God's judgment. And that's what he's doing. I'd be terrified to be Kenneth Copeland. And he's calling this uh, jud a judgment from Satan. And he says he's going to make it leave. What he's saying is I'm cursing the judgment of God.
the guy's an ignoramus. Look here, look here in Isaiah forty-one. Isaiah forty-one. Let's see if there are any other gods. Isaiah forty-one. I'm going to show you some of these, so so you can see what the Bible says. They say they're gods. Has anybody ever seen them say that? They they say we're little gods since dogs have little dogs. Then God has little gods. And they say we can create just like he did with your mouth, with positive. And so he's cursing the coronavirus and it's not going away. I think it would be great if he'd get it and die from it. You say, you mean you want a false teacher to die? Yes, if that's what God wants. If God, God wants that, he'll get him. In Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And look over here in verse in chapter 43, verse 10. 43, verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there is no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I'm the only God that is God. And look over here in in 44 and 6. 44 and 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel. Who's the King of the Jews? Jesus. And his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, I am the last. Beside me, there is no God. Kenneth Copeland. Look at Isaiah 44 and 8. Well, let's just read down to it. Who as I shall, verse 7, and who as I shall call and shall declare it and set it in order for me since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show the ultimate them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. One of this, maybe this will indict. They don't even bother to look to see what the Bible says. Look at, look at 44, uh, 45 and 3. 45 and 3. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by, by thy name, am the God of Israel. Thee is definite article. It means there's only one. And look here in Isaiah 45, 14. 45, 14. 45, 14, and 15. 
Thus saith the Lord, the labor of Egypt and merchandise of the Ethiopia and Sabians and men of stature shall come over unto thee and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee in change. They shall come over and they shall fall down unto thee and they shall make supplication to thee saying, surely God is in thee and there is none else. There is no other God. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. Who's the only Savior? That's Jesus, isn't it? And look at verse 18. Thus saith the Lord that created the heavens and God himself that formed the earth. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. There is none else. And these people call themselves gods. He says in 45, well, I gave you 21. Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this? Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? There is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. Who is the only Savior? That's Christ. That's what Hosea, the 13th chapter, says. There's only one Savior. It's the God of the universe. Look at 45.22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. And look at 46 and 9. Isaiah says it all through here. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there's none else. I am God and there's none like me. And look at Isaiah 46. No, I did 46 and 9. Look at in 48 and 17. Isaiah spells it out for us. 48, 17. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit and leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. I am the only God that is God. And these charismatics that say they're God, and they can say it with their mouth and get what they want and do their own creation. That is the apostasy in the church, and those people are getting by with murder. They say they heal people. Nobody can get healed by some kind come up. If God's declared the end from the beginning, and from ancient times everything not yet done, and he's appointed every man a time for death, apokime is the word appointed. It's appointed unto man wants to die. It means the exact set time. How can somebody pray and get that all changed? They can't. Do I have any time, Mike? Two. Two minutes. I want to come back and give you more on Billy Graham because that man was a slug. I don't mean he was kind of a false. You know, some of these guys are afraid to call him false teacher. Like Dave Hunt said, well, I just don't know what's wrong with him. I used to love Billy Graham. I don't believe he's ever been a true teacher of the truth. He migrated over to the Roman Catholics about 1950. He hadn't been teaching about two years. 
and William Randolph Hearst put to his all his newspapers Puff Graham and he was a Roman Catholic publisher I don't believe Graham has ever been a believer I believe he died an unbeliever and all the world was praising him in death all the famous gospel singers were there the famous preachers and the famous politicians from all over the world were there to praise Billy Graham and I knew something wasn't right about him from the beginning I'll come back resume some of those things and tell you about these men that say they're gods and they can say the vibrations of their mouth will create their own world if there's and Billy Graham put his approval on all the charismatics and they lauded him and praised him at TBN whenever he had a birthday I don't know how in the world how can the world I told the story about Michael Michael what's his name the guy that made all those uh, made all of those documentaries he was walking, huh? Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Michael Moore. I told the story how he was walking along in this college or looked like a, a big marble uh, a hall. He's walking with a psychologist, and he said, can, all, can 300 million people be deceived? And without batting an eye, the psychologist said, absolutely he was talking about America being deceived over what's going on. And I believe America is so far off track. I don't believe in in voting anymore. They're all slugs and crooks. Uh, I don't know why anybody would vote for Joe Biden. I've been following him for 15 years or more. And the guy is mean. He's got a mean streak in him. He's really putting on. He's very hypocritical. I'm not a Donald Trump fan, but I mean, at least Donald Trump says what he, and when he's embarrassing, he's loud and clear, you know. <laughs> I don't believe in any of them. I'm not voting for them. The lesser of two evils is the worst of two evils, because the lesser of two evils is the one that the so called Christians will vote for, isn't it? let's pray father thank you for your truth take this message out there let the people that have been deceived realize they've been deceived let them realize that we're in the apostasy now people have removed the daily cross from the pulpits the preachers are our problem thank you for your word and for truth cause us to continue being faithful in this message and Lord I pray that the believers out there will be so convicted that they'll be willing to take a stand and not fight the world just say hey here's the truth deal with it fight our battles I'm not going to fight nobody anymore I'm going to tell off on the liars but not fight anybody you fight them if you want to Lord plead our cause that means to fight and we'll praise you for everything in Christ's name amen I never can think of Michael Moore's last name I don't know why it's pretty simple
Not that I'm a Michael Moore fan, but he asked a question that I like. Can the whole nation be deceived? Absolutely. Billy Graham was a disgusting man. I don't know how he got by as long as he did, but if you smooth talk people and put salve on them and put oil on them and just schmooze them, they're going to believe you. Get blunt with them and they won't like it. Tell the truth.